Ryan never got to go to film school. No, did the Jew? I, I didn't. I wasn't one of my dreams, Ryan. But I know you always wanted to to what make films like James Cameron. You wanted to direct Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I don't know. That what wasn't you're your dream. I, I did not have any of those dreams. I'm sorry to hear that, Ryan. Well, at any rate, what, what just happened? Welcome to the Awesome Village. Doing. My name is Greg, and joining me is Ryan, John, and I'm Glenn. So we had a, a party for Glenjamin yeah. a few weeks back, and in the conversation, we learned that someone had a, a film class. Yeah, and that it's a high school film class. High school somebody, film class. Yeah. Somebody's uh, somebody's kid is in uh, taking a high school film class, and basically they have this list of films that they're watching. So we were going to kind of talk about it, and. To just before we start, I will say because they're it, it's in high school. Apparently, there's some kind of rules now. Even with permission slips, they're not allowed to watch R-rated movies. So that's why there's no R-rated movies on this list. But um, some of them are kind of strange. That we got questionable. Made. Questionable. Um, no, some of them's just stupid. Yeah, but uh, I think they're kind but of. You, real... you didn't go to film school, right? You don't... I don't need to go to. Neither do y'all. Like this is just common sense. Right, don't be angry because your dream never got I fulfilled. Took a film Brian. studies class at LSU as an elective. And it was super boring because I didn't realize it was going to be like the history of the the studio system in the forties. But uh, that could be interesting. Though. It could yeah. be, but it wasn't. <laughs> Especially if it's not what you expected. Yeah. Um. I no. I took I took several film classes in. Uh, Why is your opinion so terrible? You like the Last Jedi. That is my response <laughs> to that. Um, film subjective, man. But uh, actually, the the class we took, like uh, Pacinica and I took it. There was a we saw like the Seventh Seal. There was like actually a, a, a like a theater you went to at school to look at the movies and uh yeah like seventh seal was part of it but it really was a, a very comprehensive like selection of films so it's, it's interesting to see this list especially with I mean, through the lens of it being yeah. for a high school i mean I, I took one called film styles and genres and the whole thing was alfred hitchcock so yeah. i got to see a bunch of alfred hitchcock films and nice. a bunch of them. so we're going to kind of go through this and we're going to talk about uh the films and whether or not we think they're good representations of the category and then nope. maybe uh <laughs> what, what else would, would, what, be what else would we list? put in its place yeah so, Johnny, you want to take us through? Uh, we're going to do this. one at a time. Yeah, why? Why not? Okay, I didn't know if he was going to go through the entire. Oh, list. if you want to read the list and then elaborate. I think we just go one at a time. Yeah, okay. Well, the first two things on here sound like they're more. I'm not sure what they are, but it sounds like they're more like documentary type things about film study. There's one that's called Landmarks of yeah, Early I, Film. I just looked up that, and it's just a collection of silent films. Okay, and then the second one is Moguls and Movie Stars: A History of Hollywood. I mean, that's yeah. Those, those like. seem like like documentaries, so we'll put those to the side. Okay. However, no, let's. Let's take a look. If you were to recommend a documentary about the film industry that you've seen, is there anyone that springs to mind? Because honestly, if you're looking specifically at things that like like sections of the film industry, that Industrial Light and Magic documentary. I don't know if that's. Just, I was thinking was the same thing, good, but I don't. Or the movies that made us on Netflix is another good. See, I don't know if that's because those are so fresh in my mind because I can't think of anything. Right, so there's one that I saw that was very good called Fog City Mavericks. Um, if you if you you're interested, it's just. It's about um, George Lucas and uh, uh, kind of when he was going to film school, it was him and um, Francis Ford Coppola and all these guys that just decided they didn't like the studio system and they moved up to San Francisco. And it's kind of like the history of the San Francisco movie um, scene uh, in, the, in the 70s. It's very well done. And I mean, this is kind of, it's a little bit more specific, but I would honestly say maybe even the, the limited series, The Offer, was really good. That showed a yeah, lot yeah. about the making of The Godfather. I mean, it showed a lot about how movies, especially back then, got made. But, like, but, but would you call that an R-rated subject? Like, it's, it was, I mean, it was definitely an R-rated show. Well, I mean, I, I don't think, so let's, let's clarify these rules and before we kind of dive into it, 
I think that our suggestions don't have to be like for a high school film. Like yeah. I'm just saying, if we're making a film class that we think these are the best representations, even if it's rated R, yeah. I think it should be considered. Are we? Can we put our films in this? I think we should. We, yeah. If we edit it, okay. I think we can. Okay. I, so I watched Schindler's List in high school. I think I actually watched Schindler's List in like seventh grade. To be honest with you. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So uh, the first actual category, John. What is that? Mise en scene. Yeah, what's that mean? It's like the arrangement or location, like the setting. Okay. And the, the exact definition, I, I looked it up actually. The arrangement of scenery in stage properties in a play, the setting or surroundings of an event or an action. Yeah. And I actually kind of like this I, pick. I like this pick as well. And it's, it's Hugo from 2011. And I will say the reason that I like it, um, when I looked up the landmarks in early film, which they showed right before this, The Voyage to the Moon is one of the silent films they show. Um, which Hugo is about George Melier, who directed and came up with um, The Voyage to the Moon. Because right. I remember in high school, um, uh, Mike Begg was our uh, English teacher, which um, he was great. Best and, teacher I've ever had. And he actually showed us, uh, we read Frankenstein, Marichelle, and he showed us the original Frankenstein, he showed us young Frankenstein, and then he showed us the Kenneth Branagh one. And I think just kind of, showing something from a different angle or even like he showed us um the untouchables yeah and then he showed us, us the battleship potemkin to see kind of the uh inspiration I never, I never knew that too and and the fact that this film class is showing the making like the silent film and then the kind of dramatization of making it i think that's pretty interesting yeah. but and and hugo is gorgeous Hugo's a really underrated movie too i, I honestly like i when i first because uh, the first time i saw it was going to the oscar showcase and i didn't know what to expect but it, I, that was a very, first of all, it's a very touching movie, but you, you, again, you talk about like the history of film. It's a, an era of film that you see kind of, uh, they had a pioneer things. So in terms of setting and everything like that, the backdrop of it being against, you know, this train station, uh, you know, with people who, who are kind of, you know, they're, they're at the twilight of their life and like that kind of re rediscovering, it's really, really a, a great film and with great performances. And it's one of the best uses of 3D I had seen in the theater. I can completely agree with and you. And it's weird for the subject matter, but it worked. Yeah. But, um... I would replace this. You, you, Who I, would you replace it with? Dark City. That's a really good choice. That's a good choice. But, so the next category, Ryan, is, is mise-en-scene along with cinematography. Hmm. Could Dark City be? I think one? maybe you're right. That probably would. I think Dark City would fit better in that one. Dark but I just, City is an incredibly shot film. The, it is. The, the I just love that. I love movies where like objects or locations are almost characters in and of that's themselves. That's what I was about to say. I think that's kind of more what this is. Like the, and, the scenery is appropriate for right. this character. So if I had to change from Hugo, I maybe would go with The Shining because I thought the house. I mean, that's more of a. I mean, I just feel like like that house was like a character, and the location. But Dark City, just the way that the the whole movie is structured um, around the city and what it what is it, um, and by the time you finally get to the end, that was one of the things where one of the movies where the mystery of what was going on didn't let me down by the time I got to the end and it revealed what mm. was going on. But I've never heard of this movie that they actually picked for the. What's the, the name of it? A, a, a glimpse, glimpse of, of life. life. The Pulitzer photographs. Oh. I've never heard of it either. I mean. I mean, it's, it sounds like a documentary. Probably. It does, but like, in, like photographs specifically, I guess, would lend itself to cinematography. But when I think of cinematography, I think of like, I think of wide vistas mm -hmm. and like someone, you know, specifically. I would I would almost say Dune for this too. 
-hmm. Like the newer Dune. Yeah. Oh, for this. For for Mise en Scène. Yeah, I could uh, I could see that. Because again, the the Arrakis is sort of a character. Yeah, you're right. I, I can see that. And I think we talked about it when we were heading this discussion when we did the the, the party the other night, uh, 1917. I mean, yeah. Especially the end when not the end, but you know the towards the end, the one continuous shot. I'd almost put it as a as a contender for this, uh, even Dunkirk. Yeah. Because Christopher Nolan in general tends to have really good cinematography, but like. Are we still on the Mise mise en scène? Mise en scène and our scene right, so or something. I'm going to say that I think kind of an underrated person when when y'all when we're talking about mise en scène is Tim Burton movies. Cause yeah. Good good point. So I mean I mean I I would think like. You know, maybe something like Edward Scissorhands or Sleepy Hollow. I mean, the way that and it's weird because we talk about how it's it could be like a character in the movie almost, but it's like and those scenes are like it's almost like that's the way he puts himself in the movie. Exactly. It's like that's it's like Tim Burton is a character without Tim Burton being in the movie. Even Beetlejuice. Yeah. 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 Or like even I mean, look at all look at Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's just I, I think that Tim Burton. I think you know you may question some of his films, but I think the. The definition of amazing scene. Uh, that's that's the first director that kind of came well, to mind. Honestly, like you you said to Burton, but like I think of even the Batman films that he did. Sure, especially where the second Gotham one. is a very it's a gothic city and character. Especially the second one. The second one was a very Tim Burtonish yeah film, like with Batman in it. But um, so that's I, I that's I, I would go with a Tim Burton film. But so that's man, we had a lot of candidates for that one. Yeah. Mm. Category. That's kind of I'm. Th this conversation is going a lot uh, better than I than I anticipated. So, so that's um, the cinematography slash mise en scene. Yeah. yeah. And now the next one's just cinematography, and they have Ryan's favorite film, The Life of Pi. That movie is a piece of shit, man. That guy has nothing I but love a liar. That movie. <laughs> the whole movie, he's just a lie. All right. So I would say this is not the best. I mean, cinematography. I oh. would agree with that. It's not the best. I mean, for I would, cinematography. For cinematography, I would say something like No Country for Old Men. Oh, that's a good one. That is a very good one. Um, I w I, again, I said this, but I'm serious with it. The assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. And it, cinematography yeah, is it's incredible. Yeah. And I'd, even, I'd go so far as to say like a Tarantino movie like Django. Um, Django's got some good... Like, it, he definitely takes inspiration for some of the greats yeah. in Django Unchained. Um, I know that's, the first one I thought of was the um, those kind of picturesque scenes in No Country for Old Men of Texas in the 80s and some some I don't know that's um, that, that's what I would think of or or maybe even something like I don't know Blade Runner well, I mean I wasn't the biggest fan of the movie but um, Lawrence of Arabia has got some amazing uh, yeah. cinematography yeah. in it but I, and again I, I think too understanding like why people love a particular film it's not necessarily because it's a good like I'll even go so far as to say, like, Titanic, for example. It's not the most, like... The the the, the achievement of that film, I think, is more of why it deserves the credit that, that it does, the special effects and everything. Mm -hmm. More so than the story. The story is a simple story. Yeah, it's he, not incredibly engagingly written he, or anything. Yeah, but I mean, that same he, thing with with, uh, with Avatar. It's a it's a great spectacle, but it's not the most incredibly well-written film. And it just made me think of another thing. I'd say, even for cinematography, something like L.A. Confidential. yeah. Wouldn't that be more art direction? Yeah, I could see that. A little bit of both. Which is funny, because I just looked it up. Um, you mentioned Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, and I mentioned No Country for Old Men. 
They were both done by Roger Deakins of cinematography, both in the same year. <laughs> that that okay. Yeah. Well, that makes me feel good though because those are two that yeah. yeah. Uh, any more uh, contenders for cinematography? Anything but Life of Pi. That one doesn't. I mean, it does look pretty. But then again, do you consider it? It is a great story. First of all. But here's my question, though. <clears throat> so the cinematography is gorgeous. It's also almost completely green screen. Thank you. That's what I was going to say. It's visual effects more than cinematography. Right, so that's what I was would you consider that cinematography or visual effects? I think it's more visual effects. I would completely agree with you there. I don't think it deserves the. What about Mad Max Fury Road? That's that's a good cinematography movie. Yeah, they didn't use hardly any visual effects in that. I was just like looking at a couple of lists of what people have on here, and there's some <clears> stuff that I would not actually put on top of list, but uh, a few so. people did mention the Mad Max. Thing. I'm curious to see this discussion about the next one though. Uh, editing. Yeah. Um. Look, I'm. I, I don't really like. What, what's gravity. on the list? What's on All the right. list? They the, the the list picked Gravity. I think Gravity is an incredibly well edited film. <clears throat> Um, I don't particularly care for the film, but that's another thing where I think this I, is not necessarily a bad choice. I don't understand the hate that Gravity gets because it's not good. Oh, it. Why, why? I don't. I don't like. There was the one film you saw that year, and you're like, "Oh, it's the best of all the films." I, I when I watched it, I was like, "Okay, it's fine," but I wasn't wowed it by it. Great. It looked great, but like the the story and everything, I'm like, "That was okay. That was it. That's what people are wowed by." Because it was. A Technological, like you're, it's like an achievement, ep- like movie, like you're talking about with like Avatar. Right, and so that's stuff. what I'm saying. I don't, I don't think it's a good, like that's the thing. I mean, like I'm, Avatar, look, I'm not pissed that I watch Gravity, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't not, get why it had the acclaim that it did. Not every movie has to have like some dynamic script. Like I love. I didn't the, say that it did. No, but I'm, I'm just saying, saying, like I love the simplicity of the fact that it was just a, an event that took place in someone trying to survive, and it was just it was a it it took just the basic element of survival in space and how that would be possible, and I. The visual effects and the sound effects also, I thought, were kind of cool. You didn't see, I haven't seen that kind of stuff in the movies where you know, it wasn't like explosions. It was more like how it would probably really be if something like that were to happen. I saw, I saw, read somewhere <clears throat> when it got all of the praise that somebody that didn't like it actually said it's the movie is 127 hours, except it's not true. Like, because I mean, that's basically what the type of thing it is. It's she's stuck and she, you know, and I, it's 127 yeah. hours is better. Yeah. Oh, I don't think so. As I far mean, as like, I think they kind of. The reason I, I would say that is just because I don't think you can rewatch 127 hours too much because it's too brutal. I can't rewatch. Gravity, I can't rewatch Gravity. Yeah. Just because you didn't enjoy, like I feel like if, no, if it was I'm, on, right? I didn't. En- I didn't enjoy well, the movie enjoy, enough to. I mean, film subjective. You don't. If you don't like it, that's fine. But um, but um, yeah, I uh, I I I mean, I think the movie's very good. I mean, would you put that in the film school for editing? No, actually, I think the first movie that comes to mind w- with great editing is Traffic. Yeah, the way they used color with the different scenes, the different stories that were being told. I thought Traffic was a very well edited movie. Um, Pulp Fiction is an amazingly edited film. I was; uh, those are both very good. I was initially thinking of Apollo thirteen, the way that it cuts back and forth between the spaceship, the uh, the the wives, and all the families, and then the stuff in Mission Control. I thought was um, was pretty well edited. Um, The way that it kept the pace. But I really like your suggestion of traffic. Greg? Because we know you're not going to pick gravity. Well, no, I, I just said at the beginning of this <clears> that <throat> I don't, I don't, I see why they would pick it. Yeah, I, I do. It's a well edited it, it film. It is a very well edited film. Um, but I think the film, if you're going to recommend gravity for something, it should be more. And it also, it depends on how you're looking. Like, I'm looking at editing from a point of view of, like, pacing. Well, also, I think to me, like, if this is for film school, I, I want 
like I wouldn't pick gravity for that. Maybe for visual effects or something like that. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't say, oh, you got to see this for editing. Right. That's that's kind of the thing. Like, I'm, <clears throat> I'm thinking of something that was was edited in such a way where it made me think. Like I, I like movies, and we talked about this before, where it's it's edited and paced in such a way where you don't feel the time that you've spent in it, you know, or it I, makes you I, feel the time. I got that another one. I though. got another one too. I wonder if you're going to say the same thing I'm thinking of, just because of the way Greg was describing it. I was thinking of Birdman. Oh, I was thinking. Of Black I was going. No, that's kind of where I was I, going. I, I was thinking of Black Hawk Down. That's a good one. That's also a very good one. But no, I was leaning towards towards Birdman. Birdman is, and that's the Gravity director, but. The way he directs Gravity, it's almost like one continuous shot. Where Bird, Birdman, but the way he does Birdman, it it's not, it doesn't but time, feel that way. But it also you can feel like he does. It, it's one continuous shot, but then time passes right. in between, and it's done in such a way where you understand it very like immediately. Yeah. So yeah, I would, that's that's something that I think would be a really good choice. I could get behind that one. What about Memento? Ooh, oh, that's a very good choice. I haven't seen that in so long. I need to rewatch it. I do love the movie. I, I see a lot of the list have like Citizen Kane on there, which I mean I know that's oh, no. Citizen Kane group, is. I, mean, I don't know about right, so, right, so Ryan, how about Jaws? I mean that, that should go on any list. No, I'm just, well, saying, just editing. To, to to go back to yeah, the way they they broke it up into you know like half the yeah half the movie is like the the beginning is almost like a horror yeah, and then it goes to like an adventure. Um, it like is a very, on a mission. right. Um, another <clears> one that I would say so like real quick the Citizen Kane thing. It was the f- pioneer of that right. kind of like t- storytelling, but honestly, the first Back to the Future. Editing? Yeah. I would say that, that, <clears throat> that one's about... It, all right, so is there a, um, an entry on this for writing? No. I don't think there is on that. Okay, because I think Back to the Future has a perfect screenplay. I completely would agree with you. Like, if I was going to do a writing one, I would put Back to the Future on the, I'd say Back to the Future is a good choice, or, or even I would say Groundhog Day would be another But Because Back candidate. to the Future, when it comes to the script, I don't think there's any part of that movie that isn't, like, paid off. And, it, and isn't well thought out. Right. I think that's a perfect script. <clears throat> but it's also very well edited. You're yeah. absolutely right. John, you got an editing movie? Uh, Memento. <laughs> oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Just the Barry Gibb talk show. All right, what's next? Uh, sound. And they picked Singing in the Rain. Now, that movie has that, there's some rain in it. <laughs> I mean, some oh, I mean singing. I, I, I did just, they pick it for music or sound? Well, no, because well, if you know the plot of the movie, sound it's kind of fitting. I, I agree because it goes. It's about the silent era, then transitioning into to, to talkies. talkies. So I kind of like that. I, I, I think it's a good choice. To me, I, I would go with Heat. The sound effects and heat, I'd never heard, like the way the, the, the gun battle, the way it echoes through the city streets, like I'd never heard a, a gun. They didn't have that that sort of stereotypical movie gunshot sound. Um, that that I just thought the sound and heat was amazing. I feel the same way about um, Drive. Oh, oh, I never saw Ryan that. Gosling. Yeah. Uh, Baby Driver, too. Yeah. That's, that's Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, I got, uh, for some reason, the one that came to my mind just now was Zodiac. That's a good one. Cause yeah. So the way that it uses the quiet and then the music and everything, I think David Fincher was the way that he used sound was yeah. very deliberate. In that. So uh, David Fincher's, a, I, th- I think David Fincher's a good pick for sound, um, <clears throat> but also that makes me think of Fight Club too. Yeah. 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 Another one, and I might not but, have but, said this before I saw it in the theater, but when it got re-released, but The Exorcist. Oh Exorcist. yeah. Because there's stuff in The Exorcist where it's like the movie's just so creepy already, and there'll be something like where the movie just gets quiet, and you don't realize how quiet it's getting, and then all of a sudden a phone will ring, and it'll scare the crap out of you. Yeah, and it's annoying at home, 
when you're trying to watch it because you turn the volume really but you're right it really works in the theater well, well one that you mentioned earlier that i would actually talk about with sound is the shining because like yes. even like those simple scenes of danny riding his his yes. little bike through the dum 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 yep. dum out the sound that's very like it's almost like a part of the film yeah I don't really hate singing in the rain as a choice. I just don't no, understand. I, like to, I do it. like singing in the rain, but some of our yeah. choices are, I think. I think good. that might be. I the... think what singing in the rain is showing is the importance of sound right. in film and how it evolves. I, I would say this—that's probably my favorite choice that they've made so far for these. Categories. I would agree yeah. with you because, like, when you're talking about sound, it's a good example of like a a movie with good sound, but also why sound is important. So yeah, it's almost like. A double whammy when it comes to sound. Yeah, which is why I like singing in the rain. But I mean, we often we came up with some good ones as well. I don't agree with this next one at all. Comedy, like I. So is it an example of what a good comedy should be? They picked some like it hot. I would say get shorty. <clears throat> as far as comedies go, if if one. if you're gonna pin me down to something not rated R, I would say Groundhog Day. And if it also if, very if true, I'm saying it can be R, I would go with my cousin Vinny. My cousin Vinny's a good choice. Son-in-law would be a good choice for a comedy. I, I, I don't It'd know. It'd just be a good choice. Everyone should watch that movie. You know what? And I, My Blue Heaven. You know, it's, that's no. What, you know which one I thought of actually is Airplane. See, now, I, I don't know. That's not bad. I just don't know. Do, you, do we go the silly, like, Naked Gun I mean, Airplane? I would route? almost go one of any of oh, several. Of, well, I was yeah. going to say Mel Brooks. Yeah. Because, I mean, those also movies good. Like, have aged well mm-hmm. for the most part. I'll say, like, yeah, like Young Frankenstein. Or, yeah, uh, yeah. Young Dracula Frankenstein. dead and loving it. Blazing Sounds is rated R, but I mean, um, but yeah, I mean Young Frankenstein. I mean History of the World is one one older one that I thought has aged very well. Spaceballs is actually yes. The Graduate. Yeah, and uh, that's still really fun. Yeah, but um, yeah, some like it hot. I mean, I guess they're they're trying to do like ex- like expose some of the t- to older films. Maybe yeah. so. And if that's the case, I guess you could do a lot worse. Yeah, yeah I mean, I guess some of the early Farrelly Brothers stuff. Would be, I mean, Dumb and Dumber and there's something about Mary. See, See the thing the, about the problem. The problem that would, I, the only thing that I would have with that is that those tend to show how sensibilities change with comedy. Yeah. Um, because I don't like even like Shallow Hal and stuff like that. Um, has well has that, an age that yeah. well that always had a mixed right. reaction even when it came out. But that's what I'm saying. Like their their brand of humor <clears throat> is a particular type of taste, which is why, and I, I think a representation of comedy should include like a cross. Comedy genre. That's you know why I, mean? I picked. Which is Groundhog I, Day. That's why I picked those two because, like, like I love Airplane, but I don't know if that comedy's for everybody. What about Tropic Thunder? Again, like, <laughs> I'd put that in the Hall of Fame for comedies. Honestly, another one that I that springs to mind, which has a lot of, is, is as good as it gets. Yeah. Because that's a comedy that I can watch. Yeah. Over and over again, and it's a good like. I think the best comedies have a little bit of drama mixed in it. Yeah. And even the best dramas have a little bit of comedy. Would you, you have consider to have it as good as it gets a comedy or a drama? I it's really a in the middle of it's both. It's in the middle. Um, Most movies, you're right. But they, I, I they... laugh repeatedly. Where did, where, did, where did the Golden Globes put it? They put it in comedy. Well, but they, yeah. they also put no, The no, Martian they, they in they comedy. Did, but no, I, I would say it's a, That's I definitely... That's a well-edited movie. <laughs> it is it really a well-edited movie. Also um, good sound. But no, I was also like thinking of something like Caddyshack. Yeah, see those classic like Spaceballs. Or um, vacation. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, vacation's a good choice. But um, one of the you know the comedy classics that's not necessarily meant for a specific like right year. I mean, something that you could put on whenever, and um, in a generation. Because because vacation like it's clearly aged, but it's aged pretty well. I think. It, yeah. yeah. 
Some some good choices, gentlemen. Documentary. I don't necessarily disagree. Like March of the Penguins was a fine documentary. I don't know how you can really dispute that choice. Um, I mean, I did really like like Bowling for Columbine, but I would rather watch March of the Penguins. (laughs) Well, I I think so. What what do you think makes a good documentary? I I, think for me, it's like. It's it's a bit of information that I might not otherwise have encountered, yeah. but you present it in such an interesting way that I'm invested in it. I mean, the, my as far as a major film that I can remember recently, I would probably put um, Peter Jackson's "They Shall Not Grow Old" that came out a few years ago, where he remastered that World War One footage. That was an incredible film. Um, and it's a subject that I don't think people don't really know much about World War One. It's sort of I kind of consider it a forgotten war. People remember World War II. There's historians who know about that because of the Holocaust and everything else. But World War I is just people think, oh, it's just trench warfare. And this actually put a face to a lot of the people back then, and I thought it was interesting. But I, I really, I think March of the Penguins is the perfect documentary. I thought Icarus was really good. Uh, you told me. I never saw that. That was good. Um, I think I would actually, and this is silly, but I think I would actually put The King of Kong. Just because it was a documentary oh, a about that guy trying to break the world record of King Kong, and it was a documentary about this guy, but there was a hero and a villain and kind of a weird um, thing that he was trying to get to, and it, it was like the closest thing of, the, of a documentary, like narrative film mix that I've seen, and it's just weird that it was true. One that's kind of a, it's not a traditional documentary, it's it's a recent one, but I think deserves to be put into contendence is, is Val. Oh, Val. oh, great yeah. choice. Because like I'm looking at this list of documentaries here, and I, when, I, when I looked at it, I'm like, oh, shit, yeah. Great, 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 great choice. Thick. You're but, right. But you're right. I really can't complain about March of the Penguins. I feel like that's yeah. a good choice. Icarus, though, I mean, when I, when I watched that, I mean, like, I went into it not knowing anything about it. And I was like, oh, it's about, you know, people doping, doing the, you know, the the cycling or whatever. And it goes so far down the right. rabbit hole into, like, Russia trying to cover up stuff, and people may be getting, you know, killed behind the scenes because over this and it was it was just crazy and that yeah it's like greg said it's give me some information that i didn't know and then you know just show me something that i had no idea it could go this way three identical strangers was yeah, another three identical really strangers one. that was an amazing film next um the next and the next is uh animation they have Miyazaki's Spirited away which is a good i've actually never seen that but i've heard it's nothing good. but great it's things good. about that i've movie. seen it <clears throat> I would not have picked that. I mean, Shrek clearly is. But... Was that? Well, what, here, well, no, I'm go. joking. I'm. I'm I would, mean, would, would you go with a hand-drawn animated movie or a computer? Generated? That's an I'm excellent you question. That that's a very, very good question. That ties into what my pick is. I would pick Beauty and the Beast. That's because a tale as old as time. The, the ballroom scene, oh, is, to my knowledge, is the first time Disney incorporated digital animation in a in a hand-drawn animated scene in a movie. That's a really good choice. Um, I, I, honestly, I can't really argue with you with it because of what you just mentioned. Because it blends both. I mean, there's obviously like there's important classics like to me Peter Pan. I mean, uh, Pinocchio, or Snow White. Was I mean, uh, Snow White is historically Aladdin. very important, but it's I didn't I don't if you, I don't know if you've rewatched it recently. It it, it, it didn't age. It's that, not very long. No, so I almost feel like you need to do three for animation. You need to do one that's hand drawn. You need to do Beauty and the Beast because it combines both. You need to do one that's digital. It, and I think for that, I'd go with a Pixar, maybe even like Toy Story or the original Toy Story. Yeah, yeah. What would you pick for your hand-drawn one? Good, good question. I mean, I, Snow I can't. Snow White, maybe, or I mean, because one of the first ones. Yeah, it's the first feature length. 
I mean, The Little Mermaid was kind of a big deal because it sort of re- yeah. rejuvenated animation. But would you do a classic one like something like Robin Hood or... Um, I don't think I love Robin Hood so much. I don't know if I'd pick those as like a quintessential hand-drawn one to see. Um, Robin Hood and the Great Mouse Detective were like my two favorites when I was a kid. Um, But even like, let, let's try outside of the walls of Disney. There was like the Blue uh, Company yeah. animation. There was like other ones that... American Tale. Yeah. Five. Which, yeah, yeah. Fievel was... He went west. Eventually. And you even had like uh, like the the what is it, Sword in the Stone. Yeah, that's that was a good Disney. One. That's that was good. Disney, but uh, which one? No, Black Cauldron. Oh yeah. Oh, that was Disney. Was it? Was it really yeah, Disney? It was. Mm-hmm. Shit. Everything's Disney, Greg. Apparently <laughs> nowadays too. <laughs> but I, I I would not have picked Spirited Away. I don't think that's a good choice. It's, it's a very good film. It's a good movie. I just him. again yeah, I've heard nothing but good to me about. not quintessential of animation. Would you put a stop motion film in this? No. Hmm. Would you consider that animation? No. Which one would you pick? Uh, no, I do consider like, it animation. Like something but... like Nightmare Before Christmas. That oh, oh. it's not that I I don't like. I think I don't almost think... you have to make it its own category. Right. Like I don't think of it as is like if we're doing a special about animation. Yeah, you put that as a special category about animation, and you watch that movie. But I, I, as just animation in general, I wouldn't put it in there. All right. So we've got. So we're we're doing three. Right? We're, so you're right. Beauty and the Beast, I think, is a definite. I think end, Ryan's right? completely on on the right, money with um, that. Hand drawn, I might actually say something like um, Sleeping Beauty, because some of those shots a, of yeah. Maleficent when she's the dragon, mm-hmm. and um, and then for the animated one, I might put something like Coco. That's a beautiful one. Mm-hmm. Just because what the they were able to do with the the, the computer. In this music and everything, I just I love that film. Yeah, that's a great movie. Next category, film noir. Strangers on a train. That's a good one. And, and Maltese, Maltese Falcon. Both of those both are really good choices. I, I, uh, but if you're gonna go noir, like I almost think Casablanca. I, no, I, I really like Maltese Falcon. I think Maltese Falcon is better film noir than Casablanca. And I really like Double Indemnity. I, I watched that one. I don't know. I never heard of that. That's a that's a very old film. Um, is that Hitchcock? No, um, Dark City could fall in this category. It, it absolutely, yeah, it could. totally could. So could Blade Runner. Very much so, yeah. Because Blade Runner even has Sean Young dressed like the f- classic femme fatale. Honestly, I really can't fault the Maltese Falcon. But yeah, I can't. I can't, I can't either. And you can even, you can even move to much more modern and put Sin City in there. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, definitely. Look at you. <laughs> and the thing about Sin City is, it's almost like a, a mixture of a. Uh, a film noir and almost like pulp, like to show yeah. like short stories, yeah. interconnected. I like that idea a lot. But I mean, now if you think of some of the recent ones that are borrowing from film noir, if you think about like the world of like John Wick, where it's always raining and it's this kind of stylized thing. Do so you think Seven would fall in this category? Absolutely. Yeah. But they, well, Seven doesn't have the femme fatale, which that's the cornerstone of a good noir. You need a femme fatale. Oh, okay. Um, which is why I, I thought of Blade Runner and um, Altice Falcon and stuff yep. like that. But. Hmm. What about the movie Femme Fatale? <laughs> no. <laughs> Probably not. Um, this next one, like, I, I can't, as a representation of CGI, This I is don't, just dumb. Like, there, even, like, for PG movies, there are more PG movies that right, are so better. What's, what's the... CGI. It's, it's, it's Night at the Museum. Night at the Museum. For CGI. It's, this is just stupid. The obvious and Jurassic only choice Park. is Jurassic Park. And if you're not going to go with Jurassic Park, I think I would actually go with Avatar. Yeah, and that, that makes sense because it was a groundbreaking and it 
added 3D uh, in, into a, or, a whole... Or, even or the, um, Lord of the Rings, or Planet of the Apes. I was Apes. about to say Planet of the Apes. I, I even think some of the stuff was like Forrest Gump. Fucking anything with Andy Serkis in it. Uh-huh. To a degree, but like, to, this is just... I mean, it's not even... To me, it's it's obvious. It's weird. It's, it's gotta like, be Jurassic So, but Okay, here's the, the other thing, too. That movie changed That CGI, and it, it never goes the way you think. Because like, it's... Uh, you, you can't... You think Avengers would get it, but it's always something where it doesn't make you realize... Like, you don't realize that it's CGI. Like, well, fuck, how do they do that? And I'd say even, like, Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump Jurassic Park is definitely, like, no, 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 number one, what I would say. Wrong. But Forrest like, Gump... Forrest Gump was one of the first ones that... I, I mean, I'm sure there maybe be stuff before, but it was one of the first ones that I remember them using the... At that time, was it blue or green screens? Green screens. I think it, they mixed them both. They mixed them both. With Gary Sinise's legs. Yeah. 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 Um, but again, it but also... It's also jump cuts, because... They had to build the thing in such a way where it didn't look like he was moving it, but they had to take pieces out and then have a second set, yeah. and they film it from that but angle. See, that's the thing with, with CGI. Like, I mean, there was great visual effects before that. There was Predator, Terminator 2, but like, it looked really real. So that's why I think Jurassic Park has got to be the, the quintessential CGI film. I, I, again, I completely agree with yeah, you. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. But honestly, and you can say all about the movie, but The Phantom Menace... Was a yeah. groundbreaking. Yeah, especially if you know what they. Uh, the I think people. I, I can't disagree with you there. I either think people because... nowadays, like if you saw Phantom Menace now and did, you probably weren't wouldn't be impressed with it because you didn't back then. What they what Lucas and them accomplished was extraordinary. But um, another one that you know that's also one of the reasons why the special editions don't impress me as much as the original versions of Star Wars. Oh, like 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 and honestly, I'd prefer the the original cuts because. Like it, I, especially after watching the Industrial Light and Magic documentary, seeing all the stuff that they oh, went yeah. through to do yeah. all that, that's fucking I, it's crazy. It's not that I don't like the new ones. I just think that the old ones should no, no, be available. No, I, I prefer. Well. I, as I'm saying, I prefer that. Like when they released the DVDs with the special feature was right. the original version. They need to do that. <laughs> Another like thing that we we talk about like CGI and the importance of like you don't know its effects. Like Glenn mentioned this movie before, but Zodiac, like yeah. they yeah. used visual effects to create like the mood of the film with lighting and and locations and stuff and. A lot of times you don't even realize right, it's, it's going on on the screen. I, I went to the corner of Washington and Cherry when I went to San Francisco, and seeing them like the way they turned it back into the 1970s, it's pretty. And it's flawed; like you wouldn't really know. Right. I'm surprised Glenn hasn't brought up the Polar Express as his favorite. That's movie. <laughs> if we have a horror film category, freaking terrifying. And I mean, there's also just things like, and it's a lot. It's more Steven Spielberg stuff. I mean, like Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan, like. Just the, the effects that he uses, like, when people are getting shot. Yeah. It's like, you've never seen that. Like, usually, you, you used to see a movie where, oh, somebody gets shot and a big squib goes off and there's blood everywhere. But, I mean, it looked like people were actually getting killed in these movies. Yeah. And it was, like, really kind of disturbing how real it looked. All right, so can tell them, tell me what the hell this movie is in this next category. Searching. Oh, that's with um, John Cho, right? Is it the one that's, like, all through his webcam? Is that? Am oh, I, yeah, is that I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mystery thriller. I don't I don't agree with this as a choice for a good example. I mean, it's, only, it's a cool the movie. The only reason I think they put it in there is because it's for high school kids who are obsessed with, like, TikTok and stuff, and it's, like, from the point of view of a webcam. I think that's the only reason that yeah, this is maybe. in there for a mystery. I mean, we can go on forever with mystery and thrillers, uh-huh. but, I mean... Talking about thrillers, I, th- I think Stir of Echoes is underrated and should be on anyone's list of things they need to see. Because it's, it's also a simple film. Yeah. I mean, I've talked about Hitchcock before, but if I'm doing a mystery, I think I would assign uh, Vertigo. Can't argue with that either. Mystery slash thriller, I was thinking, I'm also trying to think of something that, you know, isn't R-rated. I'd go with The Fugitive. That's actually a really yeah. good choice. I mean, I wasn't thinking not R-rated. I was LA Confidential. I mean, 
That's a good one. Oh, that is but a good one. I mean, we, we said we, we could we put said all that. I'm yeah. also trying to come up with other th- things, you know, if, if you wanted to avoid our films. Yeah, we're trying to give a wide variety. Or even something, I mean, if you want to get recent, something like Knives Out. Yeah, that's a good one. I, yeah. I thought that was a... And I mean, oh, John okay. mentioned earlier, Memento would be a good mystery thriller. Oh, I, so if you're going to go to the Knives Out route, I'd even say Brick. Brick? Uh, what the hell's that? That's with Ryan Johnson's, Gordon-Levitt. like the Joseph Gordon. It's like a, it's a film noir, like set in a high school with some mystery. It's fucking I great. Never, I never even heard it's of it. It's a Ryan Johnson film. Yeah. yeah it was one of his first ones. He wrote and directed it. If it's Last Jedi, you probably love it. I probably will, because Last Jedi was great. You mispronounced terrible. No, I didn't. Would you do something like Get Out? Oh yeah. Well, that is that more horror? Or is it, a, a, I mean, or is it more of a thriller? Thriller. Yeah, I would say that's more of a thriller. That but that it, was really good. I was thinking more of the mystery line, or something Maybe. like. Would you consider There's a mystery this, element? Would there. you consider yeah. like the Sixth Sense? Yeah. Like more of a thriller. I'm just trying. I to... would say that would be more of a thriller too. Yeah. Yeah, Sixth Sense and Get Out are great choices. Any of the new uh, Agatha Christie movies coming out or something? That's the kind of Okay, so. Murder on the Orient Express, I'd think definitely. If you want to see like a, a, how a good mystery plays out, because... Or what about Clue? I mean, it's a silly thing based on a board game, but, but it's... But yeah, it's, I, I agree. Yeah. Is it is the movie based on the board game or the board game based on the no, movie? It's based it's on the board game. Usual Suspects? Yeah. Yeah. We could go on... The, this category could be... This is a, a huge category. Is a, yeah. It's a whole genre. Well, I kind of think even the next one is a is a... So to me, if you're when I hear, like I said, I think that's the reason they put that searching in there is just to get the kids. I, I don't disagree with you because if you, especially if you're dealing with high school kids, they're going to get into that the webcam. You're telling me I got to pick an all a film school for adventure drama? I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is Raiders of the Lost Ark. You beat me. To that's that. completely correct. Yeah, I don't even and understand they, this. They, they they chose secondhand lions. Which I don't was, understand. Which was an, it's a secondhand choice. Yeah, it was an okay movie. I feel like this is something like. What's one of our the movies that we just like we love that are not really maybe loved by anybody else? I feel like this person was maybe gifted this movie and watched it like oh I love this movie so and watched it like every day once. That's so their three thousand miles to Graceland. Maybe so, yeah. So that's there the jackal. Yeah. That, that too. <laughs> but um, I guess it's an odd Michael Caine film with Haley Joel Osment that just seems very random. It's like you're gonna pick a Michael Caine film, dude. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Jaws: The Revenge. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> No, don't do that. Flew my bloody plane over here to Jamaica. So, adventure, but like, Raiders of the Lost Ark's the first one to come into my mind. Or or maybe in something like The Dark Knight. Yeah. What about something like Catch Me If You Can? Not adventure. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, adventure I see. I I mean, I I just don't think of adventure when I think of Catch Me If You Can. I understand where you're going with it, but... What about Adventures in Babysitting? (laughs) I mean, it's got it in the title. That's a good movie. The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. No, I really like the the Raiders of the Lost Ark because you can get into like film history of like the movie serials and mm-hmm. kind of it's just and it's another one that it's a almost a perfect script. Yep. Um, well, this was a cool little uh, feature with these. Well, lists. my other question. So, like, there's all these categories on here. Do you think that there's a missing category? Sure. I, well, I mentioned writing. Good point. Yes, and which I would put back. To and the I mean, and, and there's also other like genres that are on there. I mean, yeah, horror is an obvious one, but sometimes that can be hard to do without using R-rated movies. But not always. There's there's plenty of good, especially older. Um, I mean, The Sixth Sense is PG-13. Right. Um, I mean, the <laughs> the Ring was PG-13. That's true, and that was terrifying. 
let's see. So PG thirteen horror movies. That, uh, first one that came up was Mama. Um, <laughs> Split was on here. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good thriller. I mean, honestly, if you're gonna do like a kid friendly, something that with some horror stuff that's not really kind of sketch the line a little. I mean, I would choose something like Ghostbusters. Yeah. Because some of those scenes, they. Or honestly, and hear me out on this one because the movie's not necessarily the greatest, but for a film class and you want to do something for kids, or whatever, Monster Squad because it's yeah. got the classic monsters are all in it. Yeah, I mean, and it's and you can kind of talk about the history of the classic monster thing. Or Fred Savage and Little Monsters. Yeah. yeah. But you can also learn that Wolfman's got Nars. I mean, you're not wrong. Uncle Rico was a Wolfman. That's right. Oh, Quiet Place. Oh, that's that's a good horror film for that's PG-13. Yeah. And that would be a good one for sound as well. Yep. That is a ooh ooh Glenjamin pulling out the last minute. Yeah. Mic drops. You should teach this class. You really should. He would if you asked him. (laughs) Who would have thunk, man? What, uh, Jim Halpert Jim is Halpert. such a great friggin' director and writer. Uh, yeah, like this was extremely fun, and I think uh, you know something we might revisit in the future. Yeah, definitely. cool. But uh, yeah, you guys let us know what you thought of it. Another fun week here at the Village. Remember, there are many ways to find us: Anchor Podcast, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, host of other platforms, and as always, theawesomevillage.com is where you can listen to us and help us out every time you do. This has been Greg, Ryan, John, Glenn. We will see you next week.